Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back. It is New Track Record Podcast. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney returning after the American Thanksgiving holiday layoff. We always take that week off along with the, the weeks around Christmas. Well, because quite honestly, there's usually not a lot of IndyCar news going on during that time frame. That held true until this week when we had more Alex Pillow lawsuit rumors and news. Oh, uh, man. And, and really... Not so much on the legal part, because that's where you lose us, but I think there's a, a question that we'll discuss that I wonder where things are going based on some other movement that's mm, been announced. So okay. we'll get to that this week. International races. We have yeah. some news there. One of our favorite topics on the show. Third OEM. Third OEM. Yeah, We're that just was hitting even... all the, ch- <laughs> clicking them all off today. <laughs> Lawsuits, international races, third OEM. I, I yeah, don't know what else we trifecta can... of excitement. Please yeah. keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I hope... Those of you in America had a good Thanksgiving. Hope those of you in Canada, I know your Thanksgiving's before ours. Hopefully that went well. I don't. Do other countries celebrate Thanksgiving outside of the U.S. and Canada? Uh, I don't think the Native Americans. Uh, like I don't. I don't know how that it. works. <laughs> I don't think so. It's a, just an American thing, right? And can, Canada does it like Canada. the week before or something. Okay, but I yeah I don't think uh, I don't think much other countries are celebrating. Grenada, St. Lucia, Liberia unofficially in countries like Brazil, Germany, and the Philippines. Okay. Also observed in a Dutch town of, uh, I think, Leiden, Australian territory of Norfolk Island. So America, Canada, and a bunch of wannabes. (laughs) That want to be like Canada and America, apparently. So. But hopefully, whether you celebrate or not, you had a good week last week. Japanese Thanksgiving falls on the 23rd of November, always. Or if it's a Sunday, the following Monday. So uh, apparently they they do have in, in Japan. So it's more widespread than I would have guessed. All right. Well, do they do they eat stuffing and turkey? And Probably not. Potatoes? Probably not. What, All right. What is your, before we dive into IndyCar, what is like the thing you like and the thing you can't stand? Well, this is unique to my family. My, my aunt makes a amazing cinnamon bread. Okay, it, interesting. That ties in sort okay. of similar to my family. Only makes an appearance in Thanksgiving, and she'll make like eight loaves, and you and she makes uh, honey butter with it. Clutch. So maybe not a quote unquote traditional Thanksgiving food, but that's that's what I look forward to at Thanksgiving. What I can't stand. Um, let's see. I'm not a big sweet potatoes guy. Oh, so, or green bean casserole. Don't be okay. coming at me with green bean casserole. <laughs> So I can, I can, I can, I can stomach sweet potatoes with green bean casserole. No, no So way. we have sweet potatoes. I mean, a lot of people have it with the mush or not the mushrooms, the marshmallows that are toasted okay. on top. Yeah. Uh, ours is like chopped pecans, a layer Ooh. on top. It's like a glaze. So it's Fancy. different. I think it's better. But uh, the thing that like got to have also than my family, um, they're called cinnamon dumplings and you take a ton of butter cinnamon sugar a little bit of water and then you have like dough like bread dough in a, in a yeah. pan you you bake it um that's very unique to my that's a, like a christmas thanksgiving only kind of thing um so that's like the gotta have thing um okay thing i could do without what, what could you do with hot, hot take i don't really like mashed potatoes that much really they're very hit or miss wow do you is it like more butter the better or no butter or I, I like them gar what about garlic mashed potatoes? Nah, no. I like them pretty like whipped, like almost like you know, the box style. Okay. But you can't make them homemade. You as don't easily want them like, like, like lumpy? No, you know? okay. not really. Gotcha. So mashed potatoes aren't really it for me. All right. But I anyway. Could, yeah. Well that's our that's it for today's show. Yeah, Thanks for it. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. IndyCar, a lot to get to. I would say it gets, it gets better, but we're going to talk litigation and, and stuff, so I don't know <laughs> well, if it's going to get better. We'll try to avoid the, the yeah, going we'll, in the depth boredom. into the litigation. There's plenty here. of stories out there. If you want to, if your case, <laughs> if you have insomnia, you can go out and read some of this stuff, but we're not going to. So the, the story, Alex Blow admitted breach of contract as he is trying to mitigate the damages that he's owed to McLaren again. McLaren saying that he below owes them at least $23 million in losses. Again, that that's everything from commercial partners to, uh, Chevrolet and promotional opportunities. McLaren's reserve F1 test driver, um, staffing, like run the gamut on down a lot of categories. That's how they came up with that number. 
Does it seem absurdly high? Yes. But it's kind of, you ask for the world and then hope that you get half half of it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. So I I think the thing that is most fascinating in all this, one, he admitted that he breached the contract. That is interesting in the sense that more likely to have some sort of settlement here because we keep getting more information on this. I mean, it was a 20-page response by Pelot's team. Um, and this is like the more info that leaks out the worse, like you don't want this as a team. You don't want this sensitive information getting out there. Right. So him admitting that is a way for things to move forward. It wouldn't shock me if we have this all wrapped up prior to the season starting. I mean, Uh, hopefully they'll, they'll take care of all this stuff. But I think the, the real question here is one of the elements. So, we talked about that $23 million, $400,000 advance on his 2024 salary. That's part of the money. Okay. Uh, McLaren not seeking repayment of legal fees. It says it cover for Pelot and last year's fight, ironically against Ganassi, of course. Yeah. Um, but McLaren contends Pelot signed two contracts first for with McLaren racing, the F1 reserve driver, and then the separate deal with Aaron McLaren to compete in IndyCar while also serving as the F1 backup driver. So I think the the real number that's fascinating to me, McLaren seeking nearly $15.5 million in lost revenue under official partner agreements with sponsors NTT Data and General Motors. Again, they anticipated Plo would be the guy. He's not. Uh, including $7 million in revenue and prize money from IndyCar itself. Now, that is an absurdly high number. Yeah. $7 million in revenue and prize money. I mean, you win what? A million dollars if you win the championship. The leader circles... Roughly 1.1, 1.2 million. There are race bonuses, but if you win a race, it's a $50,000 bonus, excluding the 8500 Obviously, Obviously, it's a lot more money. So I don't know where they're getting that $7 million figure. It's kind of absurd. But the thing I find interesting is the, the contention of lost revenue with NTT data. So is there any chance because of, let's see. Uh, Linus Lundquist, who has announced he's moving to the American Legion car, uh-huh. where Pelo was at last year, yep. last couple years. Is there any chance that NTT Data is switching back to Chip Ganassi Racing for 2024? Uh, I mean, NTT man. Data was on McLaren F1, right? Yes. On their cars. And obviously, with, with Felix Rosenquist, who's since moved on. And you wouldn't think that was a one-year deal, though, would you? No. But I, I don't know. I mean, it was a, like a, wasn't it a two-year deal? I mean, because Polo had American Legion, yeah. right, in 22 as well, I think. Yeah. I think so. Um, interesting. I, I, I wouldn't, initially, I'm just like, no, no, but then you, I guess you start thinking about it and potentially could, that would just add another wrinkle to this whole thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. I guess that's the thing I find interesting if there's a shot. Again, pure speculation I have nothing to back this up. I just find it really fascinating that that's a factor. And is it because NTT data is going away from the team and that's why they're seeking those damages? Like, why else would you mention the sponsor? Yeah. Like, I get that you have the, the partnership agreement, but wouldn't the sponsor just connect with a different driver? And I get they're expecting that driver who comes with maximum value because of his success in yeah. the series. I, I just find that part fascinating. Yeah, it's um an interesting question, but um hopefully the majority of this back and forth um legal stuff they're, they're going to settle. They'll settle out of court for some amount of money that's not what McLaren's asking for, but how much lower will it be? Uh we'll see. But I so, just hope all of this is behind us. You're right soon. on the 1-year part. So Plo is with NTT Data in in 2022 for the Indy 500, for example. So it was just last year. But but also didn't they come over for Polo, right? Like true. Because remember that deal had seemingly been wrapped up well in advance. Apparently. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's that's the element that I find to be the potential wild card in all uh, of this. I just would think that NTT is happy to be have a presence in Formula One. You go back to Ganassi, you don't have that. But I don't know. I'm not in those room boardrooms. No. <laughs> no, I'm not either. <laughs> we don't have we don't have that kind of knowledge and, nope. and that's okay. That that's perfectly fine with us. <laughs> but that that's just the one little part and and of course Pelot thought 
I mean, the whole reason why he left is he thought he was in line for an F1 ride. I mean, that's great. But yeah. did we really think that was, I mean, I didn't th- when they sign Oscar Piastri, like that should have been all you needed to know. But this is what Formula One teams do. They string drivers along and they make them reserve drivers and test drivers and promise stuff to IndyCar drivers. That, that's just what what uh, what teams do. McLaren's able to do that because they can say, hey, you know, stay stay with it, blah, blah, or be a reserve guy, be a test guy, be a, this, go, an F2. They just want to keep the maximum amount of talent controlled. And that's obviously what they were doing with Alex below by dangling that formula one, right? There had to be a lot of things happen. The first several people needed to not come through for McLaren for them to consider Alex below at any point. In my opinion, Nathan Brown of the Indy stars says within this McLaren team claims it was forced to renegotiate a multi-year sponsorship contract with NTT data in which below is listed as one of three drivers to be part of the team's future in order for the contract to be valid. That's straight from his article on IndyStar.com. Obviously, the ties between Pelot and NTT Data go back to his days with Ganassi. That makes sense. And they're claiming that they had to reduce NTT Data's annual sponsor fee um, and other benefits. Um, they're, They're having to offer to the sponsor free of charge in order to keep executives happy. Because, again, they were expecting Pelot. Right. Okay, I mean, I get that aspect of it, but I don't know if NTT data, how how are they treating the Alex Pillow thing? I mean, I can't imagine they're happy with Alex Pillow because they're like, hey, we came over here to be with you and then you leave. Yeah. So I don't know what loyalty NTT data is going to look at Alex Pillow considering he turned his back effectively on them just as he did McLaren. It's, it's a lot of money at stake. I mean, $7 million, like in, in that aspect, which is a, a number being thrown around as far as the lost revenues, which again, everything from sponsorship, prize money, merchandise sales, name, image, likeness, um, the fact that it's a two-time IndyCar champion who's more well-known than David Malukas, let's be honest, the, right. the guy who's in that seat. But I don't know, if does it really add up to that much? Uh, like you said, they'll negotiate this stuff. I just find this aspect of it fascinating because we probably won't get a number for what they settle for. No, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of comes out. I could see maybe them saying they settled for significantly less or around whatever. Maybe we don't get an exact number, but it's definitely not going to be what McLaren's asking for. And, and probably won't be that close. Probably not. No. Now, I really want to know where that $400,000 went. <laughs> Oh man, it's well in the in the, the Close lawyers say that it didn't go to him, didn't go to Alpa Racing USA, which is like his you know, his essentially his his business identity, but went to an unnamed separate Spanish company that's still operated by Polo. <laughs> okay. Uh we'll take it. If it's just floating out there. Yeah. Nobody you can wants send it, it, we'll to take us. it. <laughs> yeah. We'll send you all the stickers we possibly can for four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Send you four hundred thousand stickers. I hope we could get more sicker, you know, just at, at cost, right? Yeah, I would I think, mean, you know. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> they would, you want to make a bulk order? Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. We want to buy 40000 Maybe a million? <laughs> I, I would hope it would go better than that. But uh, again, there's plenty of articles online. I just thought of like some interesting elements of this that may be worth visiting uh, for this lawsuit and, and what it means. Again, a lot of this stuff over my head but worth taking a look at it. We're taking a look at this story too. So these two stories are connected and this will be kind of the, the focus of this episode. So the first bit of news and we've heard good things on this over the last, I don't know, several weeks or so, but signs are pointing to yes, the IndyCar in Argentina will happen. And the last update was a couple weeks ago. IndyCar in good shape to run an exhibition race there in 2024. Um, that's from Mark Miles. That was prior to the Argentina election. Doesn't seem like, though, from recent interviews that I've seen that the Argentinian election, presidential election, would have any impact on what they would do, but they're going to try to wrap things up according to Miles in January. Nine points round 
end of the season, early October. That's the plan. That's what Miles has said on the record and continues to say on the record. It'll likely be Autodromo Termos de Rio Hondo and Santiago del Estero. Dorna Sports, who's who who does MotoGP, um, they they worked on an extension for this the circuit there. And OSD Group, uh, which Dorna worked with, uh, they're not affiliated as a promoter with IndyCar's return. Instead, it'll be the local government in Santiago, which owns the circuit, um, will be involved with a private group that includes Ricardo Juncos in promoting that event. What we haven't gotten into any indication on is whether this would be a one-off or multiple seasons. We, we the were rumor is that it's a, one, a one-off. Which is what we talked about, I think, last episode. But if you look at... And Mark Miles is in trying to read between the lines with the quote that he gave Marshall Pruitt talking about Argentina said, I don't know if we're in the red zone or just inside the 50, but I think it's quite feasible even for the off season, the post championship part of the 2024 calendar. He didn't say post championship part of, of the, of the end of the season, or he specifically said 2024 calendar didn't say, Oh, an annual post championship race in Argentina. Is that indicative of maybe just being one event? A one and done? Are we looking too much into it? Is there pushback from teams and saying, hey, we'll go to Argentina once, but we're not going to do this every year. And that seems to be a factor in all this too, is the teams... Some teams don't want to go. They don't want to go, and others are like, why don't we go every year? Why is this just a one-time event? Well, I think it all... It sounds like for Mark Miles is, is... Based on the 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 uh, money up for grabs, if they do this, if less teams go, then there's more money up for grabs for other teams. So conceivably, if let's say, for instance, uh, Ganassi decided they weren't going to go, and eh, no, it's and I could see Chip Ganassi being like this, like it doesn't mean anything. It's not a part of a championship. It's just costing us money. It doesn't make sense for us. If Ganassi says they're not going, then that could eventually then the, you you shrink the the uh, amount of cuts you have to make to the pie for the money and maybe that's an infusion of money for a coin or carpenter or foyt right so um you would hope everybody goes but it sounds like it's not unanimous in terms of the uh the dry or the the team owners wanting to go and if there was anybody i would pick that would kind of look at this and go nah, i don't care it would kind of even get chip ganassi <laughs> in my mind so in order to entice people to go if that event does move forward they are according to racer and mark miles they're, they're looking at Teams having subsidized travel costs, increased payments for those who've earned the 22 liter circle spots. And that's kind of more of the incentive where it'd be a bit of a bonus. Uh, I would hope there would be like two wildcard entries, right? Like give us at least 24 entries for this and have yeah, two yeah. wildcard entries. I think that would be, we'd be good. Is it enough financial incentive for teams to put an extra car in? I'm not sure. I'm kind of yeah. open-ended question. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, would they encourage that? I think if it's a full grid and everybody goes, you probably don't. But if you have one or two teams opt out, then maybe you do kind of open it up. But every team is in a different position in terms of where they're at monetarily. Some people are going to look at this as a tremendous opportunity. Other people are going to look at it as more of an expense, even if they get paid to go. And you just have to deal with the logistics. And, and if you take... Again, Chip Ganassi, if he looks at it and like, we could make this much money, but you know, it's just a pain in the ass, then maybe they opt out. So I don't know. I think there's still a lot to be decided with the Argentina race. It just doesn't feel to me like a sure thing even now. And another factor, motorsport.com's Joey Barnes brings up, NBC TV deal expires at the end of the 2024 season. So who would broadcast it is what yeah. you're saying. Now, if NBC renews, obviously it'd be on NBC or USA or Peacock or, or what have you. But if not, it could potentially be on the next TV partner. So the first race on the CW for the IndyCar series. Just saying. Yeah. it. it I don't know. Very well could be. I think there's a typo. It says our agreement goes through calendar year 23. It's obviously calendar yeah, year calendar 24. calendar 24. But... But, but not the count, not the month, the January through December calendar. They're talking about the race calendar. Yes, for IndyCar. Gotcha. 
unless they put a provision in there that says, yes, the season will end technically after the Argentina race. But they'd have to add that race before they try mm-hmm. to tackle that lead, that uh, that description. So that's another aspect of this that to, to be on the radar. And then this other story that, that came out is IndyCar again, still working on their next TV deal. We saw NASCAR come out with theirs. NASCAR getting paid. They got paid. They're going streaming. What else is new? Um, Just five to, Amazon Prime only races, te- uh, five races on TNT, and then 14 and 14 on Fox properties and NBC properties. But I think the, the key thing is what? They're only nine... Nine network races. Nine network races. Is that right? Yes. Total? Total. Yeah. Which I'm so, like, people are like, but like they may, they're making a $7 billion on this deal. So... And NASCAR's they're, they're getting the money. cable money while it still exists. Yeah. Now they're, they're getting paid by Warner Brothers. Describe what deal is that? So that that's the TNT. Okay. That's the TNT aspect. Okay. Um, and and could be part of the stream that Discovery is now with uh, Max, which Max, used to be HBO right. Max, and that's so it'll right. be on Bleacher Report Sports and on the Max stream, along mm-hmm. with obviously races on TNT. Amazon Prime, Fox, you're, you're gonna FS1, need, you're gonna need all the NBC, channels and USA, all the streams. Peacock. Yes, uh, because they said what the second half what was the second half qualifying and practices were gonna be on a stream. Was it Peacock? Probably Peacock. Because NBC has the second half of the yeah, schedule. But it's uh yeah, you're gonna have to get a lot of you're gonna have to make sure you get all the channels and all the the streaming apps to be to if you're a if you're a completionist if you need to see every practice every qualifying session and every race in in NASCAR you're gonna be chasing it all over the place next year and beyond we'll start in 2025 but you know what for 7.7 billion dollars NASCAR's gonna make you do it and 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 if if IndyCar would even get a of what would you say one percent no one percent if any car would even get one percent of that i'd be like all day that day. is what 77 million dollars per you year imagine Can you imagine any car getting 77 million dollars per year and t- that would like triple their Th- that's their, why it's no, so nearly quadruple their tv deal that's why it's so absurd to me and i know yes there's more cup races and all that stuff it's so absurd to me that that indycar gets what would you say a third of the viewership per race yeah and yet they're getting less than one percent. A, a, a third to it. Well, it depends on, you know, if it's a regular IndyCar Network TV race, you're looking at a little over a million TV viewers, right? A typical Cup Network TV race, you're looking at between three and four million. It's very inconsistent. Yeah, I, I would say probably if you averaged a third to it a quarter. out, if you averaged out the seasons, this past season is probably what overall a third of the viewers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's worth. That should be worth. If you if you magno if you multiplied it over more races and all that stuff, you could say okay, maybe ten percent of what NASCAR gets. Um, but they're not; they're not even getting one percent of what NASCAR gets. That's why it's so amazing to me. Is what 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 is it? Is it is it NASCAR being overpaid? Is it IndyCar being underpaid? Both. I think it's both. I, I think so too. So I think. That's why you need to be aggressive in, fi- in following the money. And I know people are like, well, it's it's it, they need to stay with NBC, blah, blah, blah. If CW, for example, comes to you Look for at the $60 money million, C- CW through for what's currently branded as the Xfinity series. Right. Where it's every practice session, every qualifying session, every race, all on CW, which is network TV. Yes. Mind you. Um, their investment in sports, I mean, their, their, their college bat, their ACC college football slate is wrapped up. Their ACC college basketball slate starts this weekend. Like they're, they're making a play, which we, we, we talked about. And you could say probably Xfinity race ratings and IndyCar race ratings are pretty comparable. Yes, they are. And the CW annually beginning in 2025 is going to pay for the Xfinity series rights, $115 million. So if they're comparable, in viewership, if CW makes a call to Mark Miles and says, we will pay you $115 million annually for IndyCar, I just don't think you can turn that down. I don't care what no. NBC says, right? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't care where it's at. Like, if you're IndyCar and you're at a spot where you can get, go from, uh, the the figure thrown out now is between 15 and 20 million, right? Is that, is that, yes. is that the latest number? At, at, yes. I would, yes. 
at best. Like, like twenty million, I think, is is the is the number that's being thrown around. Yeah, there's not really a a big number out there, but they that did hire almost... an Endeavor to help with that, and th- that came out a few months ago, and that's key to remember that Endeavor's going to be a part in this role. Again, the rumor is $20 million per year. I mean, you get that to 50, you at least feel like you're making some ground. And you, and then it's still far away off from 115 million. I mean, would you, in your mind, if you were guaranteed 115 million a year on CW, but you had to sacrifice uh, the, the, the broadcast in terms of lower quality, let's say it wasn't as good in terms of the announcers or the quality um, the lead-ins, obviously. You do whatever I'm it takes. Still going CW, aren't you? Yes, you do whatever it takes, as long as the check it's clears. A sh- well, yeah, that, but also that it's a shorter-term deal, like they've done with NBC with those three-year deals. True, uh, which I think a- is smart because there's a lot of change coming. You don't want to get locked in. I think NASCAR, yeah, they got paid, but they're locked in for such a long time. Who knows what cable TV looks like in 2031? Yeah, right? even Xfinity, I think, is a seven-year deal with the CW. So you're th- talking three, maybe four years max. But I-, I know there's a certain amount of loyalty within IndyCar to NBC, and for good reason, because they've done, even the criticisms we sometimes, they've done a really good job, NBC by and large. But man, if CW comes at you with $115 million and everything's on, Right. If, if you're talking qualifying, which isn't on TV, you can't. Not, there's not a single qualifying session outside of the 500 that's on regular TV. And if, if CW came and we will show at least every qualifying session and every race live. And maybe some practices, but if those are still stream, whatever. But man, that's that's a that's a tough sell for me to say, yeah, we got to go back to to the CW. And for the first or time, in, or to back to NBC, I'm sorry. And for the first time in a long time, IndyCar is in a good spot because they had a two percent increase from 2022 as far as viewership, uh, most watched season since 2011, a uh, highest share for the Indy 500 uh, since 2008. So those are all selling points. The problem is <laughs> the TV deal for next year: just nine to seventeen races on NBC down from 13 in 2023, two races on Peacock as opposed to one, six on USA Network. I believe there are, what, three last season. So, like, you you got a worse deal. So, unless your Indy 500 rating is is huge, which having Kyle Larson in it should help. help. Should help, yeah. I don't know if it's going to help. probably going down next year. Yeah. Because of where those races are. I I, I think it's going to take a mega TV rating for the Indy 500 to to continue that momentum. I, I mean... What move like Kyle Larson moves the needle a little bit, right? Among racing fans, but sure. What would it take, like a Lewis Hamilton or a Max Verstappen to race in the Indy 500 to really get the kind of? And look, that's never going to happen. But that would be the move that would. You talking globally? Yeah. Well, even in America too. Yeah. Like, what would be the the driver competing? Chase Elliott. that would I mean, he's buzzed. the most popular driver True. In, in NASCAR. Probably him would get the most buzz, I think, within the states because no matter, mm-hmm. even if you brought Max Verstappen over, it could be bigger globally. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be bigger than Chase Elliott. But l- make no mistake, even Chase Elliott, the draw. We're not talking Dale Junior. popularity here. No. Okay, so I'm not sure even with Chase Elliott in the race if you're going to see a, a what would you say like a 20 percent, 25 percent increase. I think I don't think you'd see that. I think in the heyday of Dale Junior. If all of a sudden Dale Jr. decided to do the 500, I think you're talking 30% increase, in my opinion. I think you could... I think... Heyday, we're talking what, 2008? In Junior's heyday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the prime of his career in Cup. Yeah. If he raced the 500, you're looking at a huge, huge boost. Yeah, it'd probably double what it was the year prior. Probably. But I just don't think, even with Chase Elliott the most popular driver in NASCAR right now, it, he doesn't have that impact of a Dale Jr. Not a Jeff Gordon in his prime, Tony Stewart in his prime. Um, it's just not that not that draw. But for, Indy, for IndyCar, it's going to need a mega number for the 500, to your point, to, uh, to show any type of increase. They can squeeze the numbers and make it sound good here or there, but if you're just looking at flat total offense, a total audience delivery, race to race, with the schedule that they have next year in terms of peacock races and 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 on 
on cable instead of network, it'd be tough just to manipulate those numbers in a way that says, hey, we're better off than 2023. Meanwhile, uh, we got so sidetracked. Where are we at? We're t- oh, oh, okay. Here we go. So we'll tie in the TV stuff in a moment because there's some good stuff uh, from Mark Miles talking about what what's to come. But I think we got to mention this first. And we're starting to talk about the Argentina event. But also, Mark Miles says the IndyCar is looking to make a similar impact as far as think of F1 coming to Miami and Vegas, NASCAR and Chicago. Uh, but IndyCar is making looking to make a similar impact. New undisclosed venue as soon as 2025 from racer.com um miles then when i i didn't buy this this reasoning well you tried to get excited about it and then he had one sentence he confirmed that there was something going on but then he's like but i want to go back and reiterate and went into yeah he went into the the move in 2023 from belle isle to downtown detroit around the renaissance center was that sort of major change? And it definitely had a much bigger impact in Detroit than we had before. I mean, agreed, but... Yes, in Detroit. It's in Detroit, but we're talking about... And then secondarily, he says, gracefully moving Nashville next year downtown and making it the finale. Maybe that's in between. No, I would say that's huge. Racing Indy cars on Broadway in Nashville, season finale. I think that's huge. I would agree. I think it's huge for the the series. It, think it's, about the eyeballs. Right. But it's still not cup on the streets of Chicago and F1 in Vegas. It's not. I, I quite no. frankly don't think it's close, to be honest. I think it's a big step for IndyCar, but yes, it does yes. not compare to those other events. Because you tell people, you know, NASCAR's racing on the streets of Chicago. What? NASCAR's or uh, F1's racing on the streets of the Strip. What? I mean, you tell people, hey, IndyCar's down there racing in the streets of Nashville. And you're like, that's cool. But it's not like it's not the same jaw drop dropping. So what? Obviously, what like, what I, I don't see it? how IndyCar can compete with those, right? So like, what what is what does this look like? He, he says, um, but uh, we're working on at least one that I think people would see as a high impact, a very different opportunity for 2025 in the United States. That it's too early to talk about, but we're certainly looking for big events and big partners in the process. Okay. So what what? Would so that if be? I'm looking at these. St- the 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 map of the United States, okay, and I'm trying to think what what's an absolute huge event sitting out there that we're not recognizing. New York City. I mean, that's that's that that's the mega, right? If we're talking, yeah, that is the, that's the untouched. Like F1's tried it, you know, IndyCar race in the Meadowlands that doesn't count. But it's similar to what Chicago was because when that was first started, there's no way that Cup pulls right. this off, right? And they did. If now, if that's the that's the mega event that New York would be if IndyCar would pull that off. So let's put that at the top as the apex. Like there's nothing bigger than yeah, this. nothing is stopping that. Would you say man, Boston and Philly would fall right mm, behind to me? Yes. Um. Remember they they tried Boston. Oh, yeah, we do know that. Um, I was saying San Francisco. You can't race in the streets of San Francisco. It's too no. steep and all that yeah. stuff. Like that wouldn't work. Uh, I really don't think. I wanted to say New Orleans, but like the French Quarter, you're not racing around the French Quarter because mm-hmm. they're not wide streets or anything like that. Um, A street race. I would say Miami, but uh, the Formula One's yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you tell me, what am I missing? L.A.? You're already at Long Beach. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, da- I the one that Dallas, Denver, if they're going to try to sell to me that Denver is a mega event, no. I would like to see Denver come back as a street race. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. But don't try to put it in the stratosphere of Chicago or Vegas. But yeah, then again, I, Mark I, Miles is trying to tell me that Detroit was a big deal. And I was the one leading the charges said it wasn't getting as much praise as it should. But even I'm like, Detroit is not Chicago. Detroit is not Vegas. I mean, downtown Atlanta? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of... <sighs> Washington, D.C.? There's no way. But then again, we said that, that would fall Chicago. in the secondary tier just below New York with like a Boston or Philly. I would say if you could pull off D.C. with monuments and stuff in the background, like I would put that on par with New York. Yes. I would think that'd be pretty damn cool. 
Like but, if you're if you're racing around streets that are, you know, on on near the the you know the Washington Mall, Monument, Mall yeah, the National like Mall, that. things like yes, exactly. But it's like you can't you can't close off streets and stuff for month in Washington D.C. Like because it has to be in the event of an emergency or something. They can't have something like that go on, right? I mean, I don't know that exactly, but I'm just presuming. I've watched enough movies and read enough books to know that you can't just have whole sections of Washington, D.C. closed off for an event for a month and just in case something happens. You got to get diplomats everywhere. You got... You, well, you do what they, they did in Las Vegas. You do what they've done in Nashville where you're you're not closing until like almost the week of. Yeah, almost true, the days but it's of. like... If some this is you're not dealing with this in any other uh, locale where you're saying, well, if so, something happens and we need to get the president of the United States in the air as soon as possible and get him to Air Force One, we can't afford to have this bridge and this street closed off. We like th- those are things you're not dealing with anywhere else. I'm just thinking doomsday events that you can't possibly have roads closed or a race going on and all that stuff. But I would put New York City and Washington D.C. as those apex events. Anything else that you would put up there? Yes, there's one other event. You go to the Irish Hills of Michigan, <laughs> Brooklyn, Michigan, for the return uh, of a 500-mile race at Michigan shut- International Speedway. Do I have a button to shut your mic off over here? <laughs> um, you teed me up for that. I was, I was <laughs> waiting for you were going to ask me to give because I'd, I'd kept that in this whole, this whole time. <laughs> I was ready. Um, would you put like a S- Seattle? Would you put a Hawaii? Hawaiian super pre? Yeah. I mean, Hawaii would be like a, a Honolulu. Yeah. No, Hawaii would, would count. Would you put that on the level of Washington and New York? Or would that be the tier below tier below? Okay. I, I would agree. It would be cool. Uh, I'm not putting it up with New York and Washington DC, but those are, those are it. Like, don't tease something, Mark Miles, and then come at us with with Denver. Okay? A street race in Denver, a street race in Pittsburgh. No, like that's exciting. That's Those cool. are new events. Yes, but it does. But it's not on that tier. Yeah, not on that tier. And I just don't think, quite frankly, IndyCar has the pull to pull off a New York or a Washington DC. Or a, all it takes is having some connection to someone in a position of power to get it done. Yeah. I now, just, uh, do you if it's a street race in Jersey City, does that still count? No, Jersey City is an armpit compared to <laughs> New York City. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying, like that. That's here's my pushback on 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 the potential is NASCAR had to put up a hell of a lot of money for Chicago to get at least get it started. All all the hoops they had. F1 had to put up a even. <laughs> more exponential amount of money <laughs> probably half a billion dollars when it's all said and there done. is no way that indycar has the money to pull off a chicago or formula one purely because of the money involved in investment by nascar and formula one respectively which makes me wonder if indycar is even capable of pulling off a coup like that because the investment monetarily would probably completely be out of their price range Unless you got some serious, serious financial backers. Oh, I mean, Roger Penske is a billionaire after all. I don't see, he's also no, not a guy not, that yeah, says, he's hey, here's spend, $300 million to make this event happen. He's not going to spend his money like that. Yes. We'd like him to, but not our money. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see New York City. I mean, like you said, the the way to make it work is you can't even. I mean, Brooklyn maybe. I mean, that would count, right? I mean, yeah, if I you mean, can race over a bridge in Nashville, you can race over the Brooklyn Bridge, right? <laughs> can you even drive over the Brooklyn Bridge, or is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just pedestrians. No. Oh no, it's it's both. Okay. I I actually walked over it uh, back in April. So. And you looked at it and said, "This would make a great." I mean, the, the views were pretty cool <laughs> as I was walking across. I'm like, oh, wow, there's Pier 57 where, yep. you know, ESPN has their their stuff in New York City. Like, I saw it. Like, that's it. Definitely would be cool. I just don't think IndyCar can pull it off. But I almost don't want more of these stories because you're just going to get excited, more and more excited about what it could be. And whatever it is, it's going to be disappointing. 
if it's Denver, if it's <laughs> San Antonio, if it's whatever, you're going to be like, that's nice and all. But the only three I would accept as holy crap, they pulled it off would be New York, Washington, D.C., and Hawaii. Yeah, since it, it's United States based, I got to correct myself. Pier 17, not Pier 57, the Seaport District. Oh, oh. In, in New York City. Is that like a J, like off on the Hudson River? Yeah, or is it's it on like the other it, side it, of it's, the. It's on the river in the sense that it's an old like seaport terminal. And then okay. they just have office buildings on it. Gotcha. And it's, it's near the Brooklyn Bridge. Gotcha. I'm familiar with. Uh, up like where uh, where the um, Intrepid is, the aircraft carrier and stuff on the Hudson River, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, so this is off the East River. Yes, it's on the other side of the uh, mm-hmm. of uh, the island or the peninsula, basically. Yeah. So anyway, New York City from- would would be that would be the one, and it, you know what? I wouldn't even care if it happens to be in Jersey. I'd still give them the pass because they pulled it off. They could do the five boroughs Grand Prix and they race through each borough. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. I don't know how they'd pull it that one. It could be a off. longer track than Spa. I yeah. I <laughs> don't know how you do that geographically. <laughs> I would be immediately kicked out of meetings because like Mark Miles would be like, all right, bring your best ideas. Let's talk about it. I'm like, so all right, here's let's what I got. Do all five boroughs yes. of New York City. <laughs> I got it drawn up on a Google Google Earth. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a thirteen point six mile circuit. <laughs> So they do 20 laps. We're closing down the entirety of all five boroughs. Call the mayor. Yeah, good luck with that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Get the hell out of my office. I'll last one day. uh, With that, so the the other note with Mark Miles, so they're working, of course, on the next media deal. They're happy with NBC. Said NBC is eager to extend with us and to continue to be our principal partner. Told motorsport.com. Obviously, they're looking around. The key thing is he said four, three to four partners. Um, Perspective partners? Yes. Okay. Obviously NBC number one. Would you think Fox would have reached out? No. Would you think CBS would have reached out? Yes. Are you thinking ABC ESPN reached out? Yes. And you're thinking CW? CW or, which side note, uh, 100 Days to Indy will return in 2024, and they're also looking at a scripted television series in the works so as well. Explain this to me. Like, what's the concept of a scripted series? So, like, a, just like a show. I mean, I don't know a show about any car. Kind of. But like I know what are, shows are we talking about, about NASCAR. Like a, well, I know, but is it like a contest show? Is it a no? It'd be like, like a, a drama? sitcom or a drama, that kind of thing. I don't okay. know. What was that show that uh, Kevin James did? Yeah, that yeah, was around the, for like the crew. one season. Was it like one season or two seasons yeah, or something like the that? The crew didn't work? on was it on Netflix? I think or? it was on Netflix. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering like if that didn't work off work out for NASCAR. Kevin James is a pretty well known. But name. do we think the other one is CW or do we think there's a third player like Apple TV or Amazon Prime? Uh, that's a good point. I, I have a hard time thinking CW is not in the conversation yeah. in some capacity. I mean, they're spending money more than anybody right now, at least in terms of new products bringing in and. I can't imagine they're not looking at IndyCar mm-hmm. in some capacity. Um, but I have NBC written down, CBS, ESPN, ABC, CW, uh, Apple TV, you say, maybe. Amazon Prime, maybe. Prime, maybe. Uh, pretty much it, isn't it? I mean, I'm not thinking Hulu's doing anything like that. No. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody else. Paramount. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Three, three or four. I think there's, there's three over the air, and I think maybe there's a streamer that's interested. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think one has to be a streamer. The three OTAs. I think I feel pretty safe in that it's NBC, CW, and I would say ABC, ESPN. To be honest, I throw out CBS. Yeah. Well, because um, SRX is not on CBS anymore, right? Correct. That's on ESPN. Okay. Yeah, I would. I can see that. So that's where we're at. And uh, with all that to say, if you agree or disagree, and I'm sure you disagree with our New York City Fibro street race <laughs> idea, uh, let us know. You can reach us across many different platforms. The website, NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. It's free. You'll get uh, emails for when there are new episodes, special announcements. 
You can also check out, we have t-shirts and stickers for sale on the store page on the website. Uh, you can email us, newtrackrecordpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter slash X and on Instagram, our handle is IndyCar Podcast. On Facebook, just search for New Track Record. And as always, uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash New Track Record. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and others for their support, starting at just $1 a month. And you can always download each and every episode for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts all for free. All right, mailbag time, and we have some stuff to get to this week. Not a ton, but enough to to keep it interesting for sure. And uh, a couple of comments from last week in, two in regards ago. to, or yeah, I guess two weeks ago in, in Vegas, mom two X over 2002, uh, this on Twitter, reading and watching all the TikToks on the fiasco called an F1 race practice in Las Vegas. I never see fans escorted out by cops at an IndyCar race or practice or NASCAR race or practice. And if both IndyCar and NASCAR were smart, they would use this fiasco to their advantage offer free passes to race for fans that were kicked out of seats they paid for free, uh, paid for or free pit passes and discounted race day seats. Uh, problem is, everything took care of itself by the... It didn't the, start off well. No, for, but it, it seemed to go fine. One. But the race was pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the was racing was good. It was between the atmosphere and the on-track racing was as good of a race as we've seen all year. And... Every time they did a wide shot, it, it continued to astound me like, this is pretty damn cool that they pulled it off. And I know it's it's easy to kind of pile on Formula One for good reason, this, that, and the other. It didn't start off well. I'm not putting as much on them with the manhole cover. That's happened before. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. It's mainly the, of course, the the, the fans being escorted out with, with the security basically. The, it was like, we're done working for the, the day. The ultimate problem is, did they basically play themselves by jacking up the prices and and then there wasn't the demand that they expected and so people who went will be like i overpaid for this yeah it was cool but i won't pay that much and even if prices go down which i think they will they will yeah that people won't come back i do think it would benefit not having it every year i think it would be cool to have an every other year that that be an event also i mean it had great TV ratings considered it start at 1 a.m. Eastern time. I mean, yeah, for just everybody saying, oh my gosh, what are they it, doing starting so it late? it started at 11 p.m. Eastern even, I, I think. Yeah, which they already said. A much bigger audience. For next year, if there's a next year that. race, yeah, move it up. But I do think that it, it, it is a massive inconvenience for Vegas, and it's not like that's their event for the year. They have stuff going on. It's Vegas, right? So it's more of a hindrance for more people than usual for a street race. I just think it doesn't have to be annually. And then it continues to keep its cachet a little bit if it's not every year. But I thought they, obviously, other than the FP2 issue, they pulled it off and it was pretty cool. I will admit. I, yeah, I, I, I think it looked great. I must admit. Now, I know there's we'll some see people what, just want to, want to, I thought this was going to be F1's downfall this event. We'll see. But despite the early woes and all the negative press leading in, a lot of positive press going out of it. There was, I mean, first time event. There's always going to be some negatives. The FP two issue, a big one, obviously, but he always works that stuff out. Um, and sometimes you need things to go bad to make sure they they don't again. I, I thought it was a very well done event, considering the logistics of everything. And, and like I said, it, it never, I never ceased to be amazed. It could have been the fiftieth overhead shot, or or you know, wide shot going. In. I was still astounded at them pulling it off. It was, For pretty, sure. it was pretty awesome. This from Poet Shevchenko uh, on the IndyCar video game topic tryout. This idea, if you buy the game itself, you have to start an Indy Next. If you pay extra for the game, you can start an IndyCar directly. Let's call this the Ride Buyer Edition. If you already own F1 2024, start an IndyCar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if just, only there was uh, a game. If there, oh, yeah, you need a game first to even bring that up. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Uh, one of our, our fans, uh, Dopazo Rodrigo, I think in, in Argentina, um, we kind of joked like, you know, is, you know, is this person real? Cause he was complimenting us last week, but <laughs> saying, yes, a real person. We're, we're, we're real people. Us. I think you're becoming a fan favorite because you two sound like real folks with honest opinions, not an agenda. By the way, I couldn't help noticing that Justin sounds a lot like football entrepreneur, Rob McElhenney. Really? 
I can kind of, I can picture it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you watched uh, the show on Hulu? Uh, I, I, I can't. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham. No, I have yeah. not. Not so that's yet. where, like, obviously, he's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right, yes. But now he's hey, back in popularity due to that. There's worse people to be compared to. I'll take it. For sure. For sure. Um, continuing on in the mailbag, and we have, uh, uh, if you missed the Peacock Black Friday deal, uh, which we tweeted out, sorry. Hopefully you get another chance on that. Uh, some other tweets and notes from people so i posted this and there are too many gifts and gifts are hard to describe on on an audio but best gift lawyer seeing all those billable hours talking about the plow lawsuit there are a couple of really good tweets though text wise people sent us uh from run underscore mark underscore run makes up for all the non-billable time we spend arguing with the yellow shirts in may <laughs> thought that was funny that's pretty Gift good that keeps on giving yes if and- you've been to the indianapolis 500 you get that if you haven't you won't but yeah, as soon as you just, go for the first time or the 50th time, you'll understand. It's just the way it is. There's, there's always some yellow shirt trying to get you in trouble. And like, I'm not even doing anything. Like what, what, what did yeah, I do? It's uh, <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> uh, nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. We've all been on the receiving end of a, of a yellow shirt. Oh, yes. And, and a we, whistle. And we've all been on the receiving end of a yellow shirt and a whistle and really not knowing what we're doing wrong. <laughs> we're like, like, what, 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 do, I, you, what, what? do you want from me? <laughs> Take the whistle out of your mouth and talk to me instead of blowing it at me and pointing to me. We've all been on the receiving end if you've yes. been at, the, at IMS. So we, we talked about this story about the the similar impact race, and we, we made our guesses. So a few replies. Jeremy from HBG. The Ship Shawana Grand Prix with Starship featuring Mickey Thomas as a musical act at the Blue Gate. Uh, if you're from northern Indiana or the Fort Wayne area, you'll get that joke. You'll understand. If not, you'll have to look this stuff <laughs> up. But that that is a great suggestion. Yes, it absolutely is. If uh, you know, you know. Hunter's Way 67 said, I'm calling it now Philadelphia Street Race in 25. Yeah, I think that fits that secondary tier. Daguerre said, we're going back to Texas, baby. Fort Worth, Dallas Street Race. I don't know. Yeah, okay. uh, Daniel SCM 2004, I'll keep holding my breath, just like waiting for a video game and an international race. You wouldn't do it through Dealey Plaza in Dallas, would you? Would that be a little uh, <laughs> tacky? It's not really the start finish line is the X marked where uh, JFK no. was shot. No, no. probably not. That, <laughs> probably would be a, not. that would be my day two idea in Mark Miles office after the five boroughs <laughs> thing. And he's like, what are you doing back? And I'm like, hold on. Hold I on. got it. I got it. I got it. That'd be my thing. No, but that, uh, I, I just don't think Dallas. I don't know where there's like a good and, spot to do it. Have you like ever been, Arl- I've never been to Dallas. So uh, Arlington would be the more logical spot because it's in between kind of both. And yeah, you can race around some stadiums. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like a lot like Houston to me. Yeah. Uh, Rob underscore McMahon said, hear me out, Hawaiian Super Prix. We, we said yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I think... It's a good suggestion. You have, a, you have two on the mega list, and then I think my secondary would be uh, Hawaii. That would be huge, I think. But remember, time difference. But that would be something you'd figure out after you got everybody to commit to that race. Yes. And we have a few other tweets that I'm going to save for Tweets of the Week because they were oh, that good. Okay. Uh, from our listeners. Some homegrown Tweets yes. of the Week is what you're saying. All right. Good Time job. for news and notes, and let's rattle through these. And, We've and been gone so a quickly. long time. Yeah. Tonight. For something we said, man, I don't know if we have a lot tonight. Well, we went deep, like we a, went a way deep off dig on, on the, the guessing of the location. We did. That potential 2025 special race. Uh, Ryan Blaney, he would like to race in the Indy 500. He told Roger Penske. Obviously, Penske has kind of pumped the brakes on that. Uh, but Penske did say early ticket sales to the 500 reflect a high interest in Kyle Larson. No surprise there. Cool to see. I saw the Daytona is already sold out, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive. And Penske also said that Rick Hendrick approached him first about running Kyle Larson in the Indy 500. And Pinsky said we hadn't had the success for a couple of years for us to take on a fourth car. And then, of course, McLaren did. <laughs> McLaren hasn't had the success either. No. No, no they have no, not. No, had the cars. <laughs> Do you think it is a one and done for Rick Hendrick at the 500? No. Well, it's a two-year thing for Larson. I, I mixed that up a yeah. while is back. It really? It's a two-year, two-year thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is leads to bigger things within IndyCar for Rick Hendrick? Yes. Cool. As I long as so. it goes well. I mean, well, but not too well. I mean, you don't want him going out there and winning it. No. You need him leaving with some, uh, I want more. And that's yes. kind of the hope for both Larson and 
Hendrick. Several announcements in Indy Lights, Indy Next, whatever you want to call it. Jonathan Brown, seventh driver confirmed for HMD Motorsports. Um, we have Callum Hedge also confirmed for HMD Motorsports. Um, we have 22 cars expected, according to Feeder Series Americas. That's the... Seriously? Way, yes. HMD, 10 cars. Andretti, 4. <laughs> Abel, 3. Cape and Hunkos at 2. And then Jack William Miller, also announced for Miller Vinatieri Motorsports uh, as well. The son of Dr. Jack Miller, the racing dentist. They will move up to Indy Lights as well. So, 10, That's is that more than HMD had last year? Didn't they have like 9? I think so, yeah. So they're expanding from 9 to 10. Yeah. 22 cars would be astounding. That'd be great. I hope... I mean, even if you lose... Six over the course of the season for funding. I mean, you're still putting 16 on the grid by the end of the season. That'd be pretty cool. 22 on the grid to start. That's that'd be amazing. I, I'm all for it. We always get these high numbers teased out though, and they never hit 20. Yeah, I mean, if they hit 20, I think it's pretty darn impressive. I would agree. I would be impressed by that. And then this ties in. So Jamie Chadwick uh, watching the Alabama Auburn game college football for those unfamiliar in America TV screen. Yeah. She's on a TV commercial for Apple and pretty catchy. I think it's like a 30 second commercial, but she's featured. Now I only caught some of it because they had some auto. Was it her formula E car or was it a lights car? Lights car. Really? That's cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. DHL on it or Apple. Uh, I thought it was yellow. Yeah. But but DHL, remember they left as the sponsor, but either way, Really, really cool to see that. Obviously, a, a, a good thing. Um, and then in IndyCar, as far as drivers participating at the Rolex 24, Felix Rosenquist, add him to the list. Scott McLaughlin, add him to the list. Pato Ward, add him to the list. So a, a lot of drivers. You already have Tom Blomquist, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, Colton Herta, Marcus Erickson, Alexander Rossi, Kyle Kirkwood participating in, in, in along with... Um, Christian Rasmussen in different classifications. So it's about half the field. I going back to Chadwick really quick. I I hope that she develops and becomes a legit IndyCar driver because of the marketability. I mean, Apple already picking her up and she's Indy lights. I hope she legit earns her way to IndyCar and doesn't get it purely because she's marketable because I don't think that helps the sport grow. I do think it helps the sport grow if she's able to come in and be competitive. So I hope she continues to grow and maybe gets an opportunity in the next couple of years in IndyCar and makes the best of it. Pato Award, named the McLaren Reserve Driver, participated in FP1 at Abu Dhabi, then did the postseason test at Abu Dhabi after the season, second in that postseason test. Also, someone had a Pato Award big head at the WWE oh. Survivor Series, which... That was the re- return of CM Punk. I don't follow wrestling, but apparently that was a really big uh, deal. Yeah, apparently it was a big deal. Was it down like in Texas or something, the event? I'm not even sure. I, I'm not even sure. But either way, pretty cool. Pato obviously feeling confident about a potential move to IndyCar. Graham Rahal, uh, partnership, uh, Hendrickson International, which was the sponsor for Catherine Legg's Indy 500 effort in 2023. They will be the primary sponsor for Graham Rahal at Barber, Road America, and Portland this season. Nice team that's always finding new commercial partners if only yeah. everyone had that level of dedication for and Graham's always grinding yes and then we have uh, one of our, our favorite topics touch on this real quick because I, I it seemed like a stretch on the article I'm not going to lie but hybrid implementation could lure a third OEM to IndyCar according to Mark Miles that now could motorsportweek.com so it's it's not on the author it's more on Mark Miles saying that this could could be something. But um, as far as the hybrids, he said, I would say that we are entirely focused on the hybrid, getting that on the track and having it be additive for our racing, improving the quality of our racing and increasing the chances of us finding a third OEM that we'd like to find and bring in. Yeah, no, that's really all that's there. Yeah, it's just basically, oh, could this help? And he says, yeah, but there's not going to hurt. Nothing, nothing substantial there. No, but obviously they're maxed out at, 27, 28 entries for the season. They need that third OEM, and that's really the next step for any car to take. Plain and simple. Uh, as we've been saying for years, seemingly. Yes. 
So that that's the latest on a third OEM and a couple other things to get to Milwaukee 250 race tickets on sale for the double header. Yeah, August buy 31st your tickets, and first. people. You got Milwaukee. Now you better damn well buy some <laughs> yeah. tickets. Show up because everyone complains about, you know, mm-hmm. no Milwaukee. Well, it's here. And unfortunate, sad news, but motorsport journalist and, and well-known uh, in Canada, Norris McDonald, Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame inductee, um, Norris McDonald uh, passed away. So he was kind of the what the the godfather of covering canadian motorsports he was and occasionally we'd report on a story from norris here that was like kind of wacky rumor wacky rumor and slash you know it was he was always in tap with uh the canadian side of indycar and it's kind of unfortunately regressed with less and less canadian drivers in the series less and less races of course which is toronto but he was in the heyday of 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 uh of indycar slash canada he was it, man, and he had a lot of uh, good tidbits over the years. All right, so that wraps up uh, news and notes. Time now for Tweets of the Week, assuming we didn't miss anything. Did we miss anything? Probably. But, there's, a, uh, there's a lot to cover over the course of two weeks. Yeah, hopefully we, we got, all the, got all the highlights at the very least. But yeah, I, I think we covered it. All right, Tweets of the Week, and it's from our own listeners because you guys had some good stuff. And I guess it's really tweets of the weeks because it's two right. weeks, but uh-huh. all that to say, uh, this from Plan spades, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me 243 times. That's, uh, in regards to third OEM news. <laughs> uh, and then this, uh, also on the third OEM news from Jeff Zerneski, it's the off season. We need at least one article on third OEM international races and bringing back Cleveland. And the revamped Foyt engineering crew. Yes. Still waiting on that. That too. All right. Time for our random split air driver of the week. All right. So we're going to the fertile ground of 2005 and cart and going with Fabrizio Del Monte from Latina Lazio, which is is central Italy. I was going to say, where is Lazio? So he is uh, from Italy and he was two and done in the 2005 season. At Long Beach with Jensen Motorsport was 16th to start the season and then came back at Surfer's Paradise with HVM Racing and finished 16th. 16th and 16th. He drove for three seasons in Formula 3000 in Europe before driving the Champ Car events in 2005. Um says uh, he had strong sponsorship, which helped. He had secured Midland's third driver's seat for the 2006 San Marino Grand Prix, which was Formula One, when you had more than two drivers for each, right? You had up to three entries per team. Mm-hmm. Uh, fell through due to lack of sponsorship for Formula One. His place was taken by Giorgio Mondini. Never heard of that guy. I haven't either. <laughs> Del Monte was also to, be the, also to be the team's third driver in the Hungarian Grand Prix. That didn't happen either. So... Never appeared in a Formula One race. Only two champ car events that season, 2005. Again, the 16th at Long Beach, 16th at Surfers. Two and done for the Italian race car driver, Mr. Fabrizio Del Monte. This week's random split era driver of the week. 22 drivers entered into that San Marino Grand Prix, by the way. Really? And I recognize every name, but like one. Wow. Schumacher won. Shocker. Fernando Alonso and Renault was second. Juan Pablo Montoya in the McLaren Mercedes was third. That was your podium. Felipe Massa, Kimi Raikkonen, Mark Webber, Jensen Button, Giancarlo Fisichella. They scored in the points. That's the top eight. Remember, top eight back then. Uh huh. And then Ralph Schumacher, ninth. Rubens Barrichello, tenth. Other notable names Nico Rosberg in that race, Jacques Villeneuve, Scott Speed, David Coulthard, Takuma Sato. Ooh, Yarno truly. So now the t- the top five, the constructor standings after this race, I think is fascinating. You look at McLaren, Ferrari, and then let's see, um, Honda, BMW, Sauber. Basically, what you were looking at. Yeah, I mean that was a season where uh, the cars were still beasts back then. Oh, absolutely uh, huge. <laughs> so it went uh, actually Renault was in first at that time. So 
So it went Renault, Renault, McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, Honda, Sauber, BMW Sauber. And interestingly, that 2006 San Marino Grand Prix, the last race held in Imola since the COVID year in 2020 when they started racing in Imola huh. again. Huh. Yeah, true story. There we go. Always a tie-in. Yes, but that's it for Fabrizio Del Monte. And that's it for us this week. For Justin Kinney, I'm Caleb Hatch. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, uh, maybe some driver news. Who knows what will come this offseason here on New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.